Welcome to another edition of The Power of Words with me, your host, Kevin Treasure, author of The Power of Words and Winner's Mentality. Our aim is to help people win in life through the power of their words. You are born to win. Give on to the Holy Spirit of God, about whom I can do nothing. I just thank God for his presence. I thank God for his love towards us and his mercy, his grace and redeeming us from all evil. Redeeming us from all evil, the psalmist says. God has redeemed us by his blood, by the incorruptible word of God. We give God thanks. We give God because he is worthy to be praised. I just feel like giving God the glory and giving God the praise, not for anything that he's given me, but simply what he's done for me, amen, by snatching me out of darkness the bible says in colossians he's delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son so i just want to give god the praise and the glory that is due unto his name because he deserves the glory and he deserves all the praise i just want to honor the lord today and wherever you're listening from amen let us know where you're listening from it could be the caribbean it could be europe could be america wherever you're listening wherever you're tuned in you're tuning to me pastor kevin treasure aka the winner's mentality helping you win with the word and today I was just meditating on the goodness of God and meditating on God's grace and his love towards us. Amen. Because I believe there are times where God says us we need to be quiet and be still before him so we can hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. So we can hear a fresh directive and a fresh instruction because God wants to speak to his people. Amen. God wants to speak to his people. God wants to speak to you. He wants to direct your life. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by accident. If God called you and saved you, he called you for a reason. And it's a good purpose. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have towards you, that I think towards you. Amen. Don't think that God has evil plans towards you. God says, I know the plans. So if he knows the plans, he wants you to also know the plans. He says, they're thoughts of peace and not of evil. So if there's no peace in your life, that's not God's plan. God says, my thoughts that I think to you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end, a good end. You see, God's thoughts towards you are good. So if you're not experiencing the good, listen to me. It's not God. Amen. It's the enemy. God says, I have good plans towards you. Don't be like the children of Israel who saw all the signs and the miracles and the wonders that God done in the land of Egypt and upon Pharaoh and upon Pharaoh's people, upon the whole land of Egypt that God that got God renowned. And when they came into a problem, when they came into a three-day fast, they had no water. When they bucked up certain situations, the first thing they said, did you bring us out here to kill us? We're not better that we return to Egypt when we had the leeks and the garlic. No, do not be like that. Amen. Don't be like those people. Always be grateful. Always be grateful for the goodness of God and what God has done in your life and what he's doing in your life. Amen. Always be grateful. Amen. He snatched you out. He has heaven in mind for you. There are many people. They got shot. They killed. They're dying. They're dead. They're gone. They're not here. And they're in eternity without a hope. And they are in hell right now. And I believe many preachers have been intimidated by not speaking about hell because they feel, oh, you're scaring the people. There is something to be scared about. I'm going to let God's people know there is something to be scared about. There is a heaven to shun and there is a heaven to gain. So you believe that, listen to me, we cannot be like those people of Israel. We must give God glory and give God thanks. God has a good purpose for our life. I was just meditating on the goodness of God in the scripture. Came up, amen, right before me, amen. Psalms 85. Psalms 85. Amen. The Lord talks about the Lord has been favorable. He goes on to talk about the Lord has been favorable unto the land. He has brought us back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of the people. Thou hast covered all of sin. I want to let someone know that you have been forgiven. I want to let you know you have been forgiven. 
and then for, I don't care what you done last night I don't care what you done last week you have been forgiven Amen. In the days of old, in the Old Testament, they has used to have blood sacrifice and animals and sheep and bulls, and they used to go up daily. They used to be daily sacrifices. When God saw the blood, because of not the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But God sent His Son to die for sin once, to die once for sin. Amen. Amen. He's not coming again for sin. The sin issue has been dealt with. Amen. Jesus Christ died for sinners. Amen. Whom I was chief. So he said, I've forgiven the iniquity of thy people and it's covered all thy sin. You have taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation and cause thine anger towards us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw our anger to all generations? This is where I'm going. Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak to his people. He will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just want to give you thanks and give you praise. I just honor you and bless you for your precious Holy Spirit. I thank you for your anointed word. I just want to thank you and we praise you that you said that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. You said, how can a young man cleanse his way? But by taking heed to the word of God. He said, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven and in earth. Job said, I have esteemed your word more than my necessary food. So I give you thanks and give you praise, Father God, at the entrance of your word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So as we dwell into your word, I thank you and I praise you for revelation knowledge. I thank you and I praise you for the word that will cut the hearts of men, bring them to repentance, draw them to your, turn their life around, Father God. I thank you and I praise you for your word that will set your people on course for victory in the mighty name of Jesus. As I get out of the way, God, I'm asking you to get into the way. God, I'm asking you to speak to every listener right now. Pierce their hearts, Lord God. Draw people closer to yourself. Save the sinner. Set the captives free. Open the eyes of the blind. Set, Lord Father God, your people on a motion for triumph, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I thank you and we praise you because without you, we can do nothing. So we can surrender all to you. We just ask you, just have your way. You are the potter and we are the clay. So we just honor you today and we bless you and we recognize we can do nothing without you. Holy Spirit, these are your people. Jesus, Lord God, you shed your blood, Father God, for this your people and you know what they need to hear. So Lord God, put the word in my mouth that makes a difference, that causes men to come to know you and draw closer because Lord, we desire a closer walk of you. Lord, we be sure to give you the glory and be sure to give you the praise. And we just want to tell you, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The psalmist says, will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Will you not revive us again when I look through the world, when I look what's going on in this country? I'm beaming all the way here from london england when i look what's going on here when it's going on in the west when i look what's going on there's nations war against nations amen wars and rumors of wars so much things taking place there's inflation food has gone up everything's gone up crime has gone up there's problems with immigration there's so many things taking place people dying daily the young the old the black the white the indian chinese amen family against family brother against brother sister against sister children against parents we are truly living in the end time days but the psalmist says, 
Will that not revive us again? What is the answer to the problems that we're seeing? We need revival. We need revival like never before. Now is the time for God to revive his people. Now is the time for God's people to get into the prayer closet. Come together in prayer. Come into Zesod. Come into the times of prayer. And come onto the Zoom. Come and pray and pray and see God's face and say, God, pour out your spirit. Will that not revive us again when we see so many young people that are confused about their sexuality? They don't know if they're a boy or they're a girl and it's quite clear who they are and you've got a nation and you've got a west and you've got a people and a government 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 and a that side of the street or from that housing estate or from that project or from this area or, or this garrison and they die needlessly die needlessly and going to jail for a very long time this will thou not revive us again oh lord when our young men are fatherless and our young men are becoming babies they're fathering babies and they're still babies themselves they don't know even how to pay rent they don't know how to cook a meal they don't even know how to boil rice will thou not revive us again when we see what's taking place we've got an alarming rate of young people dropping out of schools and young people getting involved in crime young people that indulging in pornography and lust young people the experiment of all kinds of drugs all over the world there are drugs that are taking out our young people turn them into zombies destroying their life destroying their future and destroying their destiny will that not revive us again will that not revive us again the psalmist is saying will that not revive us again when we're looking on marriages and we're seeing that the marriage rate the divorce rate lord in the church is the same as the divorce rate in the in the world we have a problem will Will that not revive us again? Where there is arguments and people will not love one another. The Bible says that love, love is kind and love is gentle. Love keepeth no records of wrongs. But yet there are couples that are keeping records of wrongs. 24 7 if we want to know what love looks like we look to god because the bible says that god is love where we see marriages falling apart and families being torn apart where we see all kinds of things taking place where we see people men marrying men and women marrying women and they say there's a marriage that is an abomination in the sight of the lord and i'm not afraid to say it would i not revive us again oh lord and the reason why we need revival, because this is what it says, will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. Many people have lost their joy. Many people have lost their zeal for the things of God, their zeal for church, their zeal for communion with God. They've lost their zeal for their word. Listen, God is saying, will thou not revive us again, that we may rejoice in thee. People were once on fire for God. People used to tell the postman, the milkman, the shop, the sports, everybody, they, they went by Jesus. Jesus. Four years, four years, 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 and you've lost your zeal for the things of God you've lost your fire and God is saying I need you to get your fire back I need you to get your zeal back for me for the things of God the love of God the Bible says listen if you're cold that's a problem but I can sort it out if you're hot that's okay but if you're lukewarm I cannot do nothing with that I will spew you out and God is saying listen I'm not coming back for a lukewarm church I'm coming back for a church that's on fire for me a church that's on fire for souls 
a church that wants to see people saved and delivered, set free, and come to know me, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord God is saying, Will thou not revive us again? The psalmist was saying, Will thou not revive us again? Slow down, preacher. The psalmist is crying out, Will thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Many people lost their joy. They go into church and they have a church experience. But when they leave from church and they go back home, their joy is gone. And the psalmist is saying, would I not revive us again, revive us again, that souls may be the heart and desire of the church. Not about who can preach good or who's preaching this Sunday. Amen. Oh, not with your neighbors on the flyer. All those things mean nothing. Would I not revive us again? So give us the heart for the lost. Give us the heart for the dying. Give us the heart for the people that don't know you. The people that are dying by the wayside. The people that are saying to themselves, if there was a God, why is this happening? Would I not revive us again? The psalmist is asking, and I'm asking God, would I not revive me again? I have to make it personal. Because yes, I'm the preacher, but the preacher's hungry for God. If the preacher's not hungry for God, get away from his preaching. Because we must sit under preachers that are hungry for God. Preachers don't want to see the demonstration of the spirit and power in their generation. Preachers that say, I'm born to shake my generation and bring them to the knowledge of Jesus. Listen, we need preachers that are saying, God, will that not revive us again? We need revival. When the governments don't know what to do, we need revival. Will that not revive us again? When the governments are neither here nor there and they're talking about things that don't concern the nation, will that not revive us again? And the Bible says it doesn't matter who's in power, but our job as Christians is to pray for those in authority, the kings and the leaders and the rulers. We may live a quiet and peaceable life. Because this is good and acceptable in the sight of man who will have all men to be saved. So our job is to pray for our leaders. Will that not revive us again? That our joy that we may rejoice once again in you. There are people that have joy in the Lord, but their joy is gone. If this is you, God is saying, cry out for revival. Cry out for personal revival. Cry out for church revival. Cry out for national revival. But let it start with me, I'm saying. Let it start with me, God. Let it start with me. Revive us again. There's parents who are in church and they're crying out to the Lord and their children in the dance hall, their children on drugs, their children on the street. Would that not revive us again? When our families are not talking to families and brother not talking to brother, when there's arguments about inheritance and who, who deserves what, would that not revive us again? Because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Where people once had a desire for the things of God, but now the desire is money and how much they can get for their preaching engagement, would that not revive us again? Is it about money or is it about the souls of mankind? Is it about the eternal destination? Would that not revive us again? We used to spend hours in prayer and calling upon the Lord, but now you haven't got time because you need to preach, you need to prepare. God is saying, listen to me, you are a preacher because of your intimacy with me. Will that not revive us again? God is saying, will that not revive us again? The psalmist is saying, will that not revive us again? There's so many people that lost their peace, they lost their joy. And the Bible says that men's hearts will fail them because they're looking on the things that are coming on the earth. But Colossians said, if we've risen of Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sit upon the right hand side of the Father, would that not revive us again? So let's begin to look again to heaven, look again to the Lord, look again to the things of the Lord, the things of, not the things of the world. Because we're all in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, those things of the world, and the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but whoever does the will of the Father abideth forever, would that not revive us again? Will that not revive us again? God is looking for a people that are desperate to be used by him. God is looking for a people who say, for God I live and for God I die, but will that not revive us again? 
We've got young people that go into university and go into college, which is great. But some of them will love, love of the Lord. But when they get out and they come and they spend three years, four years, and now they've turned into some intellectual fanatics. They now believe that science and intellectualism has rulership over the kingdom. Would that not revive us again? Would that not revive us again? Where your desire was for the things of God. But now you're too busy to spend time with him. Would that not revive us again? When we look at the world taking place and we see World War Three on the brink, we see nation rising against nation, will that not revive us again? When we see our leaders that are consulting wizards and witches, wizards and warlocks and all kinds of evil people. And God is saying, will they consult the prophets? Will they consult the apostles? Will they consult, where are the Daniels? Where are the Josephs of our time? Where are the Daniels of our time? Where are the Josephs of Arimathea? Where are the Nicodemuses of our time? We're the Nehemiahs of our time. We're the men that are in government but love God. They're here from heaven. They want to do his will. They love his people. Would I not revive us again? That we may rejoice again in thee. So what is he saying? Without revival, there's no rejoicing. Without revival, there's sadness. Without revival, it's just plain old Jane. Without revival, it's just the, 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 the mundane issues of life. Going to work, going to church, going to work, going to church, paying the rent, paying bills. Would I not revive us again? We were born for more than just paying bills and going to heaven. Would I not revive us again? Would I not revive us again? We were born for more than just a Sunday experience. Would I not revive us again? When there are people dying on the wayside. When there are people hanging themselves and killing themselves. I work as a 999 operator. I get so many calls where people are suicidal. People want to give up. And I have to give them back hope. Would I not revive us again? There are people that have lost their hope. And we that have this anchor in our soul which is Christ Jesus. Would I not revive us again? We that know the truth and knowing that the truth shall make men free and we're keeping it to ourselves and we're not opening our mouth, would it not revive us again? We're not just thinking about our issues and our problems and what's going on in our life, but our brothers and sisters are dying by the wayside. When there are people that do not know Jesus and they're on their way to hell, there are people that are wrapped up in other religions, zeal and fire for their false God and false religions, would that not revive us again? Would that not revive us again? Was the cry of the psalmist. Is that your cry? Is that your cry? Are you complacent where you are? Are you complacent with your title? Because one thing I know, the title doesn't bring power. I said title doesn't bring power. But you have to have the power and authority for you to walk in your title. Would I not revive us again? I'm not running off the titles even though they give me a title as a pastor. I'm more of an evangelist to be honest with you. But would I not revive us again? You're an apostle, you're a bishop, you've got three churches, four churches, five churches. They're calling you for this speaking engagement, that speaking engagement. Is the power of God moving? Are the blind eyes opening, the deaf ears unstopped, are the dead still raising? Will that not revive us again? Because if it's not happening, then we need to go back to the drawing board. Because the last time I checked, that was ordinary. Christianity, will that not revive us again? I said that is ordinary Christianity. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out devils, freely receive, freely we give. Matthew 10, that is ordinary Christianity. Would I not revive us again? For just going to church and hearing a good word. Oh, that word was deep. It was deep. What was it about? I don't know, but it was deep. Would I not revive us again? Would I not revive us again? Were we complacent whether our brother or sister or neighbor is going to heaven or going to hell? And we really don't care. We need revival. Would that not revive us again, oh God? 
that thy people may rejoice in me. How we're going to see revival. How we're going to see revival. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. How we're going to see revival. How we're going to see revival. Verse 8 is the key. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to... Thank you for tuning in to the Power of Words, the Winner's Mentality. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Check out our website, kevintreasure.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You are born to win.